It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So yes, it was a lot of the same problems for the Orlando Magic, a lot of the same things that we've seen Better than it was Wednesday, but I'm going to take a step back and look at the bigger picture here. How every failure is a lesson for both the coaching staff and management. Let's let's talk about another loss. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is December 3rd, 2022. My name is Philip Ross. I am the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDLA.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, yes, a seventh straight loss for the magic, but some better signs from the team after a rough couple outings. Uh, you know, some, some good progress there on the very, very basic things. So we're going to take a step back and take a global view of things, both the short term and the long term, on what the Magic can learn from each of their failures. That's, 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 uh, I'll make the argument why that's just as important as anything else that we see this year. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. So search for, search for the team you're looking for. Uh, search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. The Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So. Friday's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers went about how you would expect it to go between a team that is playing very, very well and very, very comfortable with what they're doing and a team that is, you know, maybe focusing on certain aspects of the game but just doesn't have enough to kind of get themselves over the hump. Um, Donovan Mitchell's really good. Uh, he had 15, I think, in the in the first quarter, another, uh, another 13 in the third quarter, ended with 34 in the game, hit seven three-pointers. 
At times, it didn't matter what defense the Magic played. At times, it was poor transition defense, things that we're, we're used to. On the other end, the Magic did a good job controlling the offensive glass. They did a good job attacking the boards. They were really insistent on getting in the paint. And, you know, except for maybe a couple stretches where they turned the ball over too much, their offense had a nice flow to it. It, it did some good things, and they, they kept up, but... The difference in the game was those fallow periods. It was when the Magic weren't able to score. Cleveland was. Orlando's defense still a bit of a mess without Mendel Carter out there, without Jalen Suggs out there, without Juma Okeke out there. Um, just not able to provide a ton of resistance. Um, and, and the Magic just weren't able to get the diet that they needed to when they're being outshot as much as they are. Bottom line, this Orlando Magic team has to play well to win. And not just against a good team like Cleveland that is playing well. They have to play well. I made this like comparison or made this note several times over the last few years on this podcast. So if you're tired of me saying this, this is just a truism that I believe. This Magic team has maybe six or seven things it has to do well to win. And they have to do five of them, five of them to, do, to do well. So, you know, the one thing they didn't do well, that you know, they got to hit their threes. They got to make, they got to get to the foul line. They got to rebound well. Like, you know, you know, just we could just go through a list of things Orlando has to do or, or, or the key ingredients and, and finding the ways that this Magic team has to win. And, and they just have to do those things. You know, Cleveland, they probably have a list of six or seven things. They only probably have to do three or four of them to beat a team like Orlando. So, you know, Don Mitchell has a big game that makes up for not rebounding the ball well or, uh, or, or, or turning the ball over in this case or, or, whatever, or whatever it may be. So... After Wednesday's game, after the Sixers games, you know, this game was very similar to the Brooklyn game on Monday. Give the Magic a lot of credit for fighting and for scrapping. They were never really out of the game. Cleveland did extend it out to 20 points. The Magic brought it back down to 12 and were just kind of like within striking distance that Cleveland had to take things seriously. But then again, Orlando never really made a run to make it interesting. They got it to nine with about three and a half minutes left. They finally broke through. Uh, and it and, and they just couldn't take that last step and couldn't get that last last moment to to make this game interesting. It's going to be really hard for the Orlando Magic to win when Franz Wagner struggles as much as he did, and he, and he was able to get to his numbers uh, and able to find a little bit of a spark in the fourth quarter when it was a little too late. Um, but he was really struggling to make shots that he normally makes. The vibe from the Magic after the game was that, you know, we played well, we made mistakes we know we can clean up, but this was a step forward from Wednesday. And and, and, and that's fine. Um, you know, I, I think the team has to find confidence somewhere. They're not going to win if they don't find confidence somewhere. But there's, there's some things that we had to see this game that have to become expected. We've, we've talked about this a lot. Effort is expected. Effort is required. Um... This wasn't a bad game. I'm not upset with how the Magic played. I'm not so upset with the result. I think Cleveland's a really bad matchup for Orlando, just like I think Toronto, who the Magic played three of the next five games, um, is also a bad matchup. So I'm very intrigued to see how they handle tonight in Toronto. Um, this this was a result I expected. And, and now it's just about Orlando finding that breakthrough, finding that ability to, to cut through and get through things here. This is where I want to kind of take this step back. And, and, and for this first segment, we're going to look at the kind of short-term micro stuff of this. Um, I'm a big believer that this season is about mistakes. It's about failures, whether it's 
experiment, failures in experiments, failures in lineups, failures in play. This season is about how the Magic respond to failure. And over the last few weeks, we've seen that this team, when they when they fail, when they struggle, lets it snowball. And, and that's what the Magic want to avoid. That was like the specific thing that Jamal Mosley said in his whole leveling up speech saying, don't let mistakes repeat. Don't let mistakes mount. Don't let mistakes kind of gain that momentum that it takes you completely out of the game. Orlando, you know, better or worse, right or wrong, considers playing close games, considers being in games, being competitive in games to be a victory, especially with how injured this team is. I could see that. Orlando still played the third most clutch games in the league at 14. It's certainly slowed down over the last two weeks. So, you know, again, that's 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 a measure of something. You know, this is a that's an is this anything for 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 David Steele? Um, it is something. I, I don't know if it's anything, but it is something that I think the team looks to and says, okay, we we are on that doorstep, and we got to get back to that doorstep where where we are competing in games. And as disappointing as some of those losses are, you learn a lot in those games. You learn. Okay, in a close game, we got to do better protecting the ball. In a close game, we've got to trust each other more. And that's a big thing about this group, too, is offensively, there are good elements. Um, Franz, Markel, Paolo get to the basket whenever they want. But Markel's the only one right now that knows how to make a pass back out to the perimeter. And then when that pass is made, the Magic got to make that shot. That was a repeated thing throughout the course of this game where... You know, Orlando at a certain point just stopped trusting their shooters to make shots. And again, Orlando is not a heavy three-point shooting team. They only took 23 attempts in this game. But when your opponent's making 16 and you're only making eight, you've got to find ways to make up that difference. And it's either got to be trusting that those shots will go in and you keep feeding the shooters. Um, so again, everyone knows Orlando needs shooters. I, I think that's like the most obvious area where, you know, the Magic are running a system that if they had better shooters, they'd be in better shape offensively in so many ways. And so... There's your hint of what the Magic need to do this offseason. I know that's super obvious, so I'm not, I don't think to belabor, belabor that point. Um, but if you're not going to get there, you got to get to the foul line. That's been a formula for the Magic this year, is getting to the foul line is made up for their three-point deficits. Well, Friday in Cleveland, the Magic only got 12 free-throw attempts. They made only eight. This is the third best free-throw, this is the third highest free-throw rate team in the league, or top five free-throw rate team in the league. It's been that way for most of the season. Paolo Carroll's made a living at the line. He only had half of his usual attempts at four. Franz couldn't get to the line at all. Um, this this is, you know, again, this is something we've learned about this team. They don't make threes, but they live in the paint. So now the Magic know, the Magic know their offensive identity. Um, yeah, the ball's got to move a little bit better. But, you know, honestly, overall, I thought the I thought the Magic's offense was, was generally fine. Again, ball's got to move a little bit. I think there's just a lack of organization. There's still an adjustment period being made. Marco Fultz and Cole Anthony being back. Um, but generally, Orlando just has to do a better job cutting and knowing when to cut. And like I hate to say it, this is stuff that gets sorted out in training camp a little bit. Uh, and the Magic, I think, lost. I Honestly, like I'm a, I, there are parts of this offense and parts of this defense, and I know injuries played a role in this. Um, I, I, it doesn't feel like they spent their training camp well. There's a lot of foundational stuff that they're still missing. Um, that they should have had in training camp. Um, but no, no going back on that now. Orlando's got to find it here. So again, you look at these things, and, and, and you could call them mistakes, you could call them failures. They do teach you how the Magic win games in the short term. They do teach you like, okay, this team's not a great three-point shooting team. We know, we've seen 
getting to the foul line is important. So learn, so, so doing that and focusing on that is really important. You know that the Magic have no chance to win if they don't rebound the ball. Well, the Magic won the battle on the glass in this game. They did a great job getting the offensive glass. That kept them in it. There was just that last little bit to get them over the hump, and that was maybe passing, maybe one more shot at the rim, maybe getting to the foul line, maybe hitting a couple three-pointers. That was the last piece that was missing to keep them from competing with a really good Cleveland team. Give Cleveland their props. They were a really good team. Uh, and so it, it, this was a struggle for Orlando. We'll see how they fare against you know a, a, a more... I don't want to say middling team because Toronto's pretty good still too, even though they're, they're coming off a really bad loss in Brooklyn um, on a back-to-back here. Um, we'll see how they handle Toronto and, and what Toronto brings to the plate. I want to take a bigger macro-scale look at, at what all this means and, and, and even into some lineup, lineup situations and lineup ideas. We're going to get to that coming up here after this quick word. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available every Monday through Friday on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things to be critical about the Sorlato Magic team. So I'm not saying what I'm about to say to kind of shoo those away. I think that one thing that this team has struggled with is an inexperienced coach in Jamal Mosley. I think he has struggled to make adjustments. I think he has struggled to find ways to make things easier for this team. Bol Bol had three shots in this game. And, you know, I, I think I'm pretty much on record as not being the biggest Bol Bol fan, but he's important for this team. They got to find a ways to, to get him more shots. And yeah, he turned the ball over a lot. This just wasn't a game. This was a game where the defense really figured him out and kind of sat on his pet moves and sat on him a little bit to force some turnovers. But the Magic got to find a way to get him good shots. Franz Wagner was struggling to get himself going. He needed someone, you know, Markel or whoever, he needed someone to set him up for good shots to get him going to the basket to, to really kind of set this thing up and set this thing going. Um, and, and not rely on him to create on, on the ball as much because he was really struggling with that with that aspect. I think there are plenty of fair reasons to be critical of coaching staff this year and plenty of reasons um, to say, you know, this team could be doing better or the coaching staff could be doing more to help this team 
take those steps that they keep saying that they want them to take. Um, I I don't think. I don't think that we can ignore that, and, and I think it's part of the assessment that we will make at the end of the season. Having said that, Jamal Mosley's getting the full season, folks. Don't, 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 you know, unless this team really starts to break and this team isn't playing hard by the end of the season and, and, and his voice is just go, voice is just not working, and, and I just, I don't think that's the case. I think there are natural ebbs and flows, especially with a young team where the, where the, where the, 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 Low tide is really low. Where the mat, you know, where you come, you come out really far. When you're down, you're really down. When you're up, you're okay because you just you don't know how to handle that. Um, this is still a developmental project. I keep telling everyone this: this year is not about this year. As much as we would love, as much as I believe, and I agree with everyone who believes this too, this is a playoff capable roster. This is a playoff talented roster. They are not a playoff team yet. They don't know how to win. They they they're they're injured, so they they don't have a huge margin for error, uh, and they're still learning kind of the finer points of the league. So, honestly, I, I I am disappointed with the team's record. I think this team should be doing better, and I think this team will eventually do better. I don't think the Magic will finish with the worst record in the league, um, but it's not all that surprising that the Magic have one of the worst records in the league. This is this is not. This was a very predictable outcome, and, and most NBA people will tell you this Magic team is really interesting, but yeah, they're not built to win yet. So I, I tell this to people all the time. This season is not about this season. Um, you know, I, we're saying that a quarter of the way through the season. Magic could easily go on a run, make things interesting, see what happens, but even, even if that were the case, this season is a season for learning. A season for figuring things out. A season for figuring out who this team needs to build around and what they need to do to be successful. Now, whether that means next year is a year that we should hold them to account and say you're going to the playing tournament or not, we'll we'll see where this season ends up and and, and how far guys progress and what the man and how aggressive the Magic end up being in free agency and in the off season. But I would say this: this is a season where failures are just as instructive as successes. What do I mean by that? I mean, Orlando is trying things and sticking with them even though they aren't working because they need to see it play out. They needed to see what this big lineup could do because there's an idea that they had. They had the space to try it because winning there isn't so much winning pressure. There's playing well pressure. There's not winning pressure perhaps, but... Because there's no winning pressure, they could go out and try this lineup and drive it into the ground and see all of its flaws and all of its successes. We've seen how good this lineup can be when you have a shooter like Terrence Ross out there. Um, it was killing it. It caught a lot of people by surprise. So there's definitely something in this in the in the lineup with Bull, Wagner, Carter, and Bancaro. There's certainly something to it. But it's also something that teams are starting to figure out. It's also something that leaves you a little bit exposed when you're guarding twos. Bull Bull struggles to guard players in space on the perimeter. Franz Wagner is a good defender, but does not have the foot speed or quickness to guard a guy like Donovan Mitchell. So you definitely need, you know, against two guard lineups, against guard heavy lineups like the one Cleveland has, the big lineup's going to struggle. And and that's what we saw throughout much of the throughout much of the game, where Orlando couldn't really stop Donovan Mitchell because their players are too big and don't have the speed to stick with them, and so it's essentially drop coverage all the way. That, you know, again, 
some of this sounds obvious. Some of this is maybe pretty, pretty, you know, pretty, you know, certainly something the team should have expected to see. But now we see it on the floor. We learn it. We know it. I, you know, I spoke about how the Magic don't really trust their shooters yet, and 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 they're missing a lot of open threes. This team wants to shoot threes. Maybe they're a little bit more selective right now with the threes that they shoot, but they want to shoot threes. Adding shooters changes everything. Again, obvious statement. You know, we all know the Magic struggles will shoot it. Add some shooting, and this team suddenly gets a little bit more interesting, a little bit more intriguing. These are all, you know, putting Franz Wagner at point guard. That was going to happen regardless of who got hurt. And you see, even with Markel Fultz out there, the Magic are having Wagner initiate offense and bring the ball up and, and kind of start things. That was going to happen with Paolo, with Franz, regardless of who was hurt. And so the Magic want to see it play out. They want to see, you know, whether this is something they could try, whether this is something they could develop further, whether this is something that they should keep doing. And I think the results would say that, yeah, they should keep doing it. But obviously, it's a learning experience for their two young players. And so what I'm getting at by, by saying all this is that Right now, the successes are really important because it, it, it provides a window into your team. and It provides a window into your future because that's what this team is about. That's what this team is developing toward. But failure also tells you a lot as well. And we shouldn't dismiss failure as just failure. We should ask, why is this lineup failing? Is it something endemic to the group and the way that they're playing? Is it a problem with an individual player? If we swap this player out for another player, if we get this skill set, is this the skill set that we're missing? That's the information. Those are the data points that are just as important to Jeff Weltman and to this team as anything else. I would argue that these failures are vital and we're going to see more of them. We're going to see this team struggle. Through, we're going to see this team struggle plenty this year. We're going to see this team get put to the test and examine all these things throughout the year. It's not over, and it's really important. Because a failure might tell this team, we need to get this player, this kind of player, to make this work. And with the cap room the Magic have, with you know the flexibility the Magic have, they could go out and say, this guy's available, we can go get him now. And unlock this team. You have to think of this season in the big picture. I'm sorry to all my playoff friends, to all my play-in friends. This is not a short-term season. This is not a season where the where the results in 2023 matter. I would love to see this team win. I think winning is an indication of, of where this team is going and, and what this team is doing. And so, yeah, I, I, I believe that winning is important. I'm not sitting here saying the Magic should just go out and tank or, or you're not going to learn anything by tanking, first off. Um they should be doing, they should be running lineups, they should be running experiments and running groups that tell them something because whether they succeed or fail, they're going to know what they need moving forward. And that's part of why they're losing games because some of these experiments aren't working. Some of these things aren't the way that they need to move forward or they don't have the personnel. Or, you know, I often say I kind of feel like always the Magic are playing as a team they want to be rather than the team that they are. There's a lot to work through, and rebuilding is a tricky business. But the Magic have to view every opportunity on the floor, every lineup, every playing group, 
everything that they're trying to focus and look at as a learning experience. Not just for the players on the court who need to get better and learn from their mistakes, but for the front office and the coaching staff too to understand what potential this team truly has. We're going to go through the box score real fast to close out today's show. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the Orlando Magic fall to the Cleveland Cavaliers 107-96. to Again, just a pretty pretty standard game. The Cavaliers are really good. They're 15-8. and They're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They've got a superstar in Donovan Mitchell, 34 points, 12 for 21, shooting 7 for 11 from beyond the arc. Um, five turnovers for him, so some good things that the Magic did there. But overall, again, just a, a real struggle to, to, to lock him out and box him in. Um, he got himself going, and that's, that's that. Um, you know, Evan Mobley had 19 points, 13 rebounds, uh, a couple blocks. Darius Garland had 18. So all the Cavs, big hitters played well, but, you know, they didn't get a lot else from other guys. You know, Kevin Love had 11. Uh, uh, Isaac Okoro had seven, uh, but it was minus seven on the floor. And Lamar Stevens had eight, but on three for 10 shooting. So, you know, this was a game where if Orlando gets to the foul line, you know, 20 times, they had, they had eight, they were eight for 12. They get eight more free throws. Let's say they make six of them. All of a sudden, you're looking at a five-point game. Orlando shoots eight for 23 from beyond the arc. They make a couple couple of their open threes. They're suddenly in this game. They have 18 turnovers for 21 points. They turn the ball over a little, little bit less or a little less sloppy with the ball, and there are some bad turnovers in this game that are really inexcusable. You know, they're, they're, they're right back in this game. Now, granted, Cleveland did lead the game by 20. Orlando was climbing uphill throughout the entire second half. They really, really, really struggled to kind of get themselves going. Um, and, and keep themselves in the game. And again, it was all magic. It was a lot of magic mistakes. Uh, so I, I'm not here saying that, you know, you flip a couple of these switches, the magic automatically win the game, but the magic were very close to kind of making this a game. And, and it's because, you know, they got some good scoring throughout their roster, but it was an off night for a lot of guys usually are on. And, and, and Orlando's not going to win games playing that way. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, 22 points, 10 for 17 shooting. Five rebounds, four assists. Um, did a really good job getting to the basket. I, I think when he forced his way into the lane and into the basket, he did some really good things. I, I really liked how he played. You know, when he's settling on the perimeter for jumpers, that's when he runs into trouble. I, I don't mind a standstill jumper. Don't mind uh, an occasional step back or occasional kind of pop. You know, just pop it jumper. But this guy's got to know that he's got to get to the basket. Um, with the way this offense is built. They need him to generate that pressure on the rim. They need him to get to the foul line. Four, you know, We're used to him getting eight free throws a game now. Shooting four free throws, making only two of them, that's just part of the general focus that this Magic team needs to gain. They don't have a 48-minute focus yet, and, and that's part of their issue. Franz Wagner really struggled. This was one of his worst games of the season, so scoring 16 points in a bad game tells you how far he is along his development curve. 16 points, 6 for 17, shooting 2 for 4 from deep. 
two for three from the foul line, three assists, two turnovers for him. Um, he really, he, he honestly, he missed a lot of shots that he normally makes. Uh, I, I, I'm not worried about Franz after this game because there were a lot of bunnies, there were a lot of shots around the basket that he just he normally makes and has been making at a really high clip. And tonight, and, and in this game and Friday night's game, they just did not go in. Um, and so you can live with that. Um, other players have to step up and kind of fill in that gap when a player like Franz is struggling as much as he is. Um, that's where you expect maybe Paolo to increase his scoring. You know, you get Cole Anthony off the bench with 19.7 for 11 shooting, 3 for 4 from deep, uh, 6 rebounds for him. So he did 3 steals. He did a really good job. Cole had a really, really good game, giving them good energy off the bench. Really found his groove, was able to get to the basket. Obviously hit some hit some threes. It was just a good attacking presence for Orlando. That's what you need when your stars are struggling, is you need your you need someone to step up. You know, Mo Wagner scoring 16 points, 7 for 12 shooting, 9 rebounds, 5 offensive rebounds. The Magic put Mo Wagner in because they were struggling with size and and, and their interior presence with Bull Bull at center. He did exactly what they needed him to do. So great, great, great effort from Mo Wagner. Uh, I don't, you know, again, maybe lay off the three-pointers. He was one for four on threes. He's really struggling from deep. But overall, just just Mo Wagner gave them exactly what they needed um, if they want to succeed. Uh, Markel Fultz was decent. Ten points, five for nine shooting. Did miss his three-pointer. Six rebounds, including three offensive rebounds. Six assists. He did have four turnovers. So he's still, you know, Cole Anthony looks like he's really hit the ground running. Markel looks like he's still kind of settling into things and, and, and getting his legs back under him. He ended up playing 29 and a half minutes. Cole Anthony played 28. It's not clear if they will play tonight in Toronto. Um, but good signs that the Magic felt comfortable letting those guys ramp up their minutes. We'll see how they feel uh, Saturday and see if they end up playing Saturday. Certainly they're not going to play that much, but... It certainly feels like their their restrictions are coming off here too. Um, just on the Fultz point, um, look, Fultz gives this team a really dynamic presence. He's able to kind of stop and hit that mid range in a way that Franz isn't, that Paolo quite isn't yet. He's able to get to the basket when he wants, which is really good. Um, you know, just just cleaning up the decision making and reads and turnovers is going to be the big thing for him. And I think that's just a matter of he hasn't played very much um, in the last couple months. Uh, so we'll see Markel begin to settle in too. Again, the issue remains that the Magic don't get a lot of support from their bench. 19 points from Cole Anthony, which is really good, but four from Terrence Ross, who's two for seven. Three from Caleb Houston. I'm still a big Caleb Houston fan. He'll figure out he'll figure out that three-point shot eventually. And, and only three from Kevon Harris. A lot of energy off the bench, which is good, but not able to get over the hump there. Orlando shoots 49.4% from the field overall. Like I said, eight for 23 from three-point line, eight for 12 from the foul line. 11 offensive rebounds leading to... Uh, leading to 12 second chance points. So they do a good job there. 54 points in the paint. They end up outscoring Cleveland 54-44 in the paint, which is a big, which is a very good sign for Orlando. Get 11 offensive rebounds is fantastic. Uh, but only 12 free throw attempts. Uh, Cleveland only had nine, so there wasn't a lot of fouls called in this game. But if Orlando is going to get beat, going to get doubled up on three-pointers, if Cleveland's going to make 16 threes, Orlando's going to make eight. The way Orlando was staying in games when this was happening early in the season was their ability to get to the foul line. They've got to get to the foul line or they got to limit turnovers. They, they can't be giving away free points if they're going to be at that much of a deficit offensively. And, and, and that's just something, again, that's something we have learned about this team. We've learned about who this team is and their, their way to win. You know, Steve Clifford used to always say, we have a way to win. This is the Magic's way to win. This is something that we're learning. Okay, this is what the team has to do to win. So, Obviously, the next solution is get more shooting. That'll spread the floor. That'll help you out a ton. That'll make this team better. We're not arguing that at all. This group doesn't have that. So their way to win 
is they've got to win the points in the paint. They got to win the rebounding battle. They got to win the free throw battle. They got to get to the line if they're going to have success and if they're going to turn the ball over as much as they're turning it over. The Cleveland Cavaliers defeat the Orlando Magic 107 to 96. Orlando back in action tonight, Saturday night, against the Toronto Raptors. We'll have coverage of that game on our next episode of Locked On Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day every Monday through Friday, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic, it's Steve Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.